0: We could be entering a revolutionary new phase in how mental health is treated in this country using drugs that have long been illegal and viewed as dangerous. Psychedelics, chemical compounds like LSD, MDMA, DMT, psilocybin, you know, the chemical in magic mushrooms, and the research looks promising for the potential of psychedelic-inspired medicines to treat a vast range of issues, from depression to addiction. We're already seeing public attitudes start to shift, regulatory agencies opening up to research, and neuroscience tools that are way more sophisticated than they were when these drugs were simply labeled as dangerous and useless. Johns Hopkins University launched a dedicated center for psychedelic studies, the first of its kind in the US, perhaps the largest in the world. Investors are looking to cash in on promising early results in what could be a brand new industry competing against the traditional big pharma drug companies from the mental health space. These investors are speculating that the new drug treatments will become legalized and commercialized, maybe even as quickly as cannabis did. As investors, we are always looking for the next big thing, so today on Dumb Money, which psychedelic stocks are we buying in anticipation of what could be an unprecedented shroom boom? This is Dumb Money Live, with Chris Camillo, Dave Hansen, and Jordan McClain, streaming live on YouTube. We are Dumb Money. Hey there, Dave here along with Chris and Jordan. We are Dumb Money. Welcome to Dumb Money Live. We are going to be joined in just a bit by some members of the Dumb Money community who uh, one works for psychedelic society, another has personally been affected by depression and has used psychedelics to treat it. So Chris, Jordan, this is is a big episode for me. You know, psychedelics, I think, truly became a viable investment earlier this month when both Washington DC and Oregon passed measures to decriminalize or legalize the use of psilocybin.
1: So, yeah. Before we go too far, by the way, you killed it on that graphic with the mushroom and the whole the color scheme. I uh, love that.
0: By the way, awesome. I didn't. I didn't do that. I actually had one of our viewers who recently found oh, us really? reach out to me, who's a graphic designer and. Wanted to do some, uh, some art, some original art. So I have that one and another one, which by the way, I just loaded into the merch store. So if you guys are interested in getting the, uh, the basically the logo design that is the thumbnail for this video, or there's another one that's really cool that's, that's there on the left, they're available on merch. Dumbmoney.tv, dumbmoneytv slash merch.
2: Shirt
1: I am one thousand percent buying that sh- shirt we have right sh- when I get off of this. <laughs> we have a Shroom Boom a shroom shirt, boom. and Pardon?
0: and we also had another suggestion. So basically, we weren't on the air yesterday, which gave me a little bit of time to actually pay attention to our merch store. I also have introduced a series of designs for all of you guys who are OG 2020 viewers of Dumb Money because. Someone in our, I think it was uh, a Tesla share or something uh, was his name in the Discord group suggested that we should do a line of like OG merch. So in addition to the Shroom Boom Shroom Art shirts that were designed by, and let me give credit where credit is due. It is uh, uh, Morgana Anna on Instagram, Morgana Wingate. And here is her. She does, she does some really cool stuff. That one that's in the top left is available on her Etsy store as a uh, laptop sticker, which I'm definitely buying, cool. um, I, so I have some OG shirts. I have a stock chart shirt that I think is just fantastic. You can see it kind of there. (laughs) Some really good stuff in the merch store. Dude, that OG shirt is sick, dude. Uh, Can we get these in the hoodies too, Dave or no? Of course. I mean, you just have to tell me, and I will. I will right, add. Right, do, right. So, do so you like the, I, me... do you like the the extra thick quality hoodie, which is like forty five bucks, or I can also do it in a lower quality, thinner, like this kind of like this. I, I is can't like actually get this hoodie? one, but a, a thinner, slightly thinner, or a thicker but lower cost, just normal hoodie from like uh, Gildan or whatever that. that I, I got. I, have to,
3: is. I haven't. I haven't bought a hoodie yet from. I got to feel them.
0: I got to just. The hoodies are pretty amazing. The the I'm ones the wrong that...
1: person to ask because I hate hoodies. Like, really? I don't like the hood on my back. It just and then I lean up against a chair and it's I'm out.
3: Dude, it's a whole thing. You just got to get you got vibe it. It's awesome. It's, it's great. It. It's, it's a thing. I'm like hey, the princess just,
1: and the pea with hoodies. Before we before we bring
3: on the Shroom team here, uh, let me just say this: How who were the earliest people to invest in Tesla? With conviction? What's probably one of the things that they all had in common? All the people that invested in Tesla would conviction really early. There was one thing that you could say, probably without a doubt, more often than not, that they all had in common. Had any a guess, guys?
0: Uh, they were ambitious thinkers. They were...
3: Uh... No, no, no. Just think more <laughs> simply. More simply. Something that they have done in their life. Something that they had done or seen or experienced in their life. I don't know. A Tesla. They were all in... At some point, most early Tesla investors had sat in a Tesla. Uh, no, they well, they one.
1: sat in one. I don't think they necessarily owned one because, I, again, I think Tesla's an aspirational brand. I think a lot of them did, um, but they all wanted a Tesla, and that's yeah, Yeah, sure. I'm
3: not saying they owned one. They've yeah. been in one. They've experienced mm-hmm. one. They've Either they did or someone close to them, if not them— someone in their very close world, a family member, a friend, a co-worker, sat in one, drove one, experienced one, owned one, right? And that's what really gave them the conviction that this was kind of a game-changing moment, right, for the automotive industry. And that's why I'm so excited about this episode, because all these people are out there writing articles about, you know, psychedelics and shrooms and how they're going to impact all these you know, really important categories of treatment uh, in the coming years. And yet none of them are talking about how this new drug, it's an old drug, right? But but actually what it's like to experience it, like none of them are talking about it in any sort of real sense. And I think that's just insane. So they're going to, they're going to completely go on a handful of really small scale studies that are like currently just started phase two that have like a few dozen people in them that have very limited reporting and data. That's the decision making process you're gonna go through when there are millions of people that have actually experienced this like for real and you're not even gonna talk to them. That's what I love about this channel is that we spent weeks and weeks trying to find a couple people that were willing to come on and really Help us experience what this whole psychedelic movement is about, what it does to the brain, what it's done to their brain. Like they can't, they might not, listen, it's anecdotal, but anecdotal information is part of the research methodology that we leverage. We love big data, but we also love qualitative small data that's really deep. And I hope today we can go deep on the small data, the qualitative small data, to really give our viewers and myself, quite honestly, because I'll just be upfront, this shirt aside, I haven't experienced psychedelics, right? Like it's not something that I've done in my life. So this is a really important, I I think, research episode for me personally.
0: What what uh, is that shirt, by the way?
3: Uh, It's a shroom shirt, dude. I mean, (laughs) it's uh... (laughs) take a trip. Take a trip, dude. I mean, if I ever do, if I ever do shroom, I'll probably be wearing this shirt. But I, I feel like am, am I like this? Am I like the non-surfer wearing the surfing shirt right now? I don't know. I don't know if it's appropriate for me to wear this or not. I don't know if that's. Uh, <laughs> listen, I'm doing it. I, I'm not going to have this episode and not wear my shroom shirt. So, so,
0: in today's episode, we're going to meet our guests. We're going to also talk about the the stocks. Kind of the the just all of the stocks out there are all of these super small startups, and it's really hard to. To judge, like you're saying, it's hard to judge. Are, uh, is what they're doing real? How big could they become? If there is this widespread adoption, these could be the er- early companies are going to be the ones that that win, or maybe big pharma gets involved. But anyway, do, do you want to bring the guests in?
3: Yeah, and we'll t- guys stick with us because we're going to dive deep in the latter half of this episode after our guests speak about the actual trades that we have already made and are contemplating making the risk, the reward. Remember, we're not financial advisors. We're not telling you what to do, but we're going to tell you how we're interpreting uh, the data sets and the research and what we're trading based on this whole shroom boom. Uh, and then you make your own decisions, guys. We don't know your risk tolerance. We don't know, you know. We're not financial advisors. OK, let's make that very clear. But let's let's do it. Let's all right. Let's bring on God, one of our favorites. We're going to bring on both our Alex
0: and Leon. Alex works for the Psychedelic Society. He raises money for MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And Leon is one of our lead moderators on the Discord channel um, over at dumbmoney.tv slash Discord. Uh, he worked at our last startup company, Ticker Tags. He's uh, been public about his struggle with depression. Today, he's going to talk about his experience Uh, treating his condition with psychedelic drugs including what's called a heroic dose a heroic dose which is more than therapeutic or recreational i can't wait to hear about that 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 might be where we need to start
3: an urban dictionary i literally had to look that word up i feel like such an old out of touch investor I had to look up Heroic dose to understand well, what it meant Leon in his email to us said that, I I that it basically
0: it changes your perspective it changes your perspective on life and the universe so this is Alex Leon welcome to okay. dumb money
3: Yeah got, Leon you, could you would you mind starting Leon because I feel like we've known you I've known you for almost a decade now uh you know myself Dave Jordan you know, you didn't mention this during your interview. <laughs> well, I, I, I feel it's actually really, really an interesting part of your story. And I appreciate you being open about it, sharing it with us. Um, listen, I, I think you're one of the kindest, most giving, uh, really just amazing people in our lives, quite honestly. And and not, you know, personally, what you did at our last company the biggest team player, one of the biggest team players I've worked with in 30 years, quite honestly, and now personally and what you're contributing to our channel from day one as just moderating and building our community. Uh, so I just want to ask you, tell us tell us about your journey and, and just just talk to us about it.
4: Yeah, yeah I appreciate the kind words, Chris. Um, so yeah, most of my 20s, um, I was struggling from depression. Uh, it was mostly from like childhood trauma and stuff like that, that happened. Um, and I was on all everything. I was on Zola, I was on Lexapro and well, Butry and all that. Um, and there was a low point in my life in 2011, uh, you know, divorce in 2010, that didn't go well. Um, I was with the wrong person in 2011. And basically I almost died in Vancouver. Basically it was a drug interaction kind of thing. And those those the bottom of my life then 2011 and then i came back to to texas um and met up with an old gaming buddy of mine andrew i think he's on the chat what's up andrew um and so we were for a bit and he had like this uh hippie dad and it was it was like that late summer that year or early in the fall um we he made a shroom tea um so sort of horror dose is basically five grams, and that's a term that was coined by Terence McKenna, who kind of discovered, uh, well, just a lot of work in, in, shroom, in shroom research. But anyways, it, it's, yeah, so we, we took the, the, the tea. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, I was playing a computer game. All of a sudden, uh, you know, colors start to change and your mood kind of changes, and then I, I get up and I walk into my living room and then it's, uh, it, there are crazy lights everywhere. Um, and it's a really long story. So but I'll try to cut to the important pieces because t- to me, I felt like I got a thousand years of experience in what was actually like six hours. So um, and there's, you're, overwhelmed with these emotions of, of love-based emotions and you're um i, I sat down and you if i close my eyes i would see these these indescribable patterns and geometric uh, patterns and animating in, in ways that you can't even imagine um and so it was a lot of that and you know there's some stuff that i i saw which were that have like visions, I guess, in my living room of like um, art that was getting written out in gold letters, and a lot of my tattoos, like all, like kind of tell that story. Um, but there's a lot of that, a lot of like seeing like different past lives, even and stuff like that. But the, the there's a this epic point, um, or there's a this this high point where it's called the ego death, and. For some people, it can be scary because you you think you're dying, but you're not actually dying. No, no one's ever died from shrooms. Uh, and what what happens is, um, your your sense of self, your framework of what puts together, well, me, Leon, I'm a human male on Earth, that kind of like fades, starts fading away, and then the concept of Earth and like civilization, society, that kind of fades away. Um, And I remember we call it seeing like this beautiful, like sun kind of vision and and indescribable rays of light. That was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, I've I've told others I felt like it was the most profound moment in my entire life. It it felt like a religious experience. I mean, I grew up Christian, became atheist, and all of a sudden it's like, this is like a religious experience. (laughs) And you're overwhelmed with, like, love and this feeling of understanding. And you're not in this – you're in a different dimension is how I've described it, too. It's like you're in this different world with different physics and different – it's nothing like the hard Newtonian world like we're in. And I'm overwhelmed with this this this, this feeling of love. And, and also, I had this sense that, while wow, like, I feel like I've been here a thousand times before. Like, why can't I remember? And then, so let me go back a little bit. So, this framework of who I am goes away. Personality goes away. What is left is this pure awareness. Awareness is able to feel emotion, but but that's it. And and as I look back, that that awareness could be in my dog, could be in you, Chris, my mom. Like like literally, that's how transient this awareness, as I've described it could be. So it's really like, yeah, I changed my kind of thinking on things in a spiritual and philosophical way. Um, and then uh, after that, I saw a lot of stuff that you would see in Alex gray painting uh, animated. And in it, it, this times where like, you know, then you start coming down a little bit and you're able to get up and talk to some, your, your, whoever's around a set and setting matters, right? You want to be in a comfortable place with people you trust and then you close your eyes and you go back into seeing these, these visuals and whatnot. And you're, I felt covered in this warmth of love and understanding. I wanted to call my mom tell her I love her. And I was hearing like cats from a distance and I felt love for all the animals around me, all my neighbors around me. And yeah, like, like ever since then, like I've never been on antidepressants. I've been on this like level up in life quest. Uh, I've been on, um, you know, doing everything from, you know, getting into yoga, jujitsu, powerlifting, lifting, falling, like, all the motivators, like, it's fine. And well, now I'm here where I am, like, way better than where I was. <laughs> I'll say that. So so, so,
3: would you consider yourself, because we hear, you know, in our research, I come across this wor- world, uh, word, this phrase all the time, of treatment-resistant depression, which is kind of the class of, uh, you know, the class of ailment that, uh, you know, a couple of these companies are are, are trying to work on, it's an over, you know, it's a pretty big, pretty big portion of, uh, of, of the world is treatment resistant. Would you have considered yourself in that class or maybe just w- were other depressants, depressant drugs helping you, but maybe just not to this extent?
4: Uh, I always felt numb while well, on antidepressants. So I guess in that way they were working if the goal was to numb me, but yeah, perhaps I was in that category. Um, oh, hmm. interesting. I haven't thought about that.
0: Did, did you have a clinical uh, diagnosis? Uh,
4: yeah, I, I I was diagnosed with depression because I went in for um, you know, I, I had motor tics, so I thought that was something and I got diagnosed with depression and yeah.
0: But after this yeah. one experience, you were able to stop using any of the Anything. antidepressant uh based drugs. Wow. Yeah, but this yeah, would have been eight,
3: eight years ago, Leon. Is
4: that about right? Uh, nine years, yeah.
3: Not now, uh, do you now continue because of that experience? Have you continued, uh, you know, occasionally for either therapeutic reasons or other reasons? Have you ha- had psychedelics since then? And I'm just trying to figure out how long that effect lasts or if it's something that you've had to continue using to maintain that experience and, 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 the, and the clinical impact it's had on your depression?
4: Yeah, so it's a great question. I, I felt from that just that one dose, that was it. So besides that, I've done it, like, I think two or three more times. But each time, it's always been once. And I would do it at the end of the year to reset. So I feel like it's, uh, I think on a Joe Rogan podcast, he, he describes it well. It's kind of like resetting your mind a bit. And you're just open to new ideas and like like all the old garbage doesn't matter anymore. All the first world problems aren't problems. And it's, it's, a, it's a way to kind of keep the slate clean for a new year. But I haven't done it in like several years. So, yeah, maybe 2013 was the last time I, I did it. And, 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 it and you're still
3: once. off of depressant, de- depressant medications and, and you feel that you're in a pretty good
4: place? Yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've not been on any antidepressants since. Them. Wow.
3: That's awesome. It's anecdotal, but it's, it's powerful, right? Like it's when, because, you know, listen, 2020, I don't know of a single person that doesn't have people in their world, whether it's family members, friends, coworkers, uh, just people that are in your circle that are, have opened up about depression. And certainly it, it's rarely something you hear about when someone says, I'm an." I'm cured of a depression, right? Like in general, it's not something we cure, it's something that we medicate. Uh, so to see someone that's even doing moderately well without any ongoing medication is quite stunning uh, from at least my research. Uh, well, I mean, now, this is what
1: Johns think. Hopkins study kind of leads us to believe is that, you know, you could see, cause I mean, they only like followed up six months, but that, you know, this could for a lot of people help them for up to six months. Um, that's all they followed but it could be that's what i'm saying but they're just they only followed up six months but leon you know i mean a few times and seven years we've got a decade of you know um which is great
3: thank you leon and we might come back to you but eric I, i think you uh eric your experience is pretty vast in terms of not just personal i would assume but but also you have been engaged with numerous people because of helping lead this kind of movement. Can you kind of tell us about your background, what you know, what the organization is that, that that you're part of and what your goals are and what you've been doing the last decade in in this universe?
2: Yeah, so um, I kinda got into this uh, not on I wasn't trying to oh, get... Oh, and I'm sorry. Place. I
3: call you Eric. Alex. I'm so sorry. It's
2: Alex. fine. My brother's Eric. I get that all the time. <laughs> so uh, I kind of just got into this. I was going to music festivals uh, just with friends. We kind of got into that uh, the scene. Uh, that's There's a lot of psychedelics like, and drugs uh, kind of related to the music festival scene. So it kind of just started as something like that. And uh, you kind of get just get more... Um, deeper and deeper into that scene and you start realizing that some people have bad experiences with uh, psychedelic substances and some people have great experiences with psychedelic substances. So our main goal of what kind um, of group I'm a part of is to kind of reduce harm in the best way possible and kind of how Leon's side set and setting plays the biggest part in that is possible. Um, so it's just mainly focused on harm reduction and research for psychedelics in general. Uh, so I've had my first psychedelic experiences were as early as 16, and um, my probably my last one was probably maybe two years ago. I um, think from LSD to psilocybin to DMT, I've, I've had experiences with mostly uh, everything. And I want to kind of touch more on uh, I think Leon's experience pretty much hit the nail on the head on what to expect when you're taking a uh, substance. But I think what the craziest thing for me was after my first experience was how. of a high I had after everything ended, I remember going home from that music festival and just driving and just seeing everyone that was driving by me and just feeling like I want to go talk to that person and feel like so connected, almost like, I'm describing almost as like ants in an anthill, like you're all together in a community, all trying to build this one this one goal, even though all these people are all strangers to you. But to me, I just want to walk up to anyone and say hello and just have a conversation because I just felt so connected that, you know, you're my brother, you're my sister, like we're all friends and just just a more deeper connecting with everyone that's around you in general.
3: So let me ask you, because for someone that hasn't been through this experience, I think for a lot of us, our minds go to, well, that's risky and scary. And I've heard about good and bad experiences. You're worried about the bad experience. And like, I don't know if I would want to put myself through that. Right. And can you talk a little bit about the bad side of this, the, the, the risk factors? Um, I know, Leon, you said no one's ever died from it. I don't know. Maybe that's true. But can you talk about that piece of
2: it? Yes, yeah, so it's a little hard since there's such a variety of substances. So I'm guessing we're we'll probably want to focus more on uh, psilocybin since that's yes. the more um, common one. So with that, I don't ever really see too many people having a bad trip or a bad time. But like Leon mentioned earlier, it's all about set and setting. So if you're you're struggling with like really bad depression, you shouldn't throw yourself into a setting that has things that might you know remind you of something bad that happened or something that might just make you super overwhelmed. And that's kind of why we have this, uh, this sanctuary, as we call it in these settings. So if you ever start to have uh, experience a bad trip, you have somewhere to go with people that are sober to kind of help walk you through that bad experience. To hopefully after you work through that bad experience, most people, whatever that bad experience was, maybe it was uh, like something, depression or anxiety that they were experiencing at that time, usually after they work through that bad trip, as we would call it, they usually have a such better experience and outlook on that when they look back after that that high or that trip is over six hours later when they look back or think back about that bad experience, it's almost it's almost like it never happened. And most of them are so glad they come back the next day. They're like, "Oh, I'm so glad you helped me work through this experience. I have a complete new outlook on how I'm looking at that X Y Z thing that happened to me or caused that situation."
4: Yeah, I want to add to that this too. So I, I've never had a bad trip on uh, psilocybin. But I have on edible marijuana and like a cupcake. And I've had what's called like the bad trip where I felt like I just got taken through hell and I wanted it to end. But even coming out of that, there was some stuff I I got from it, like appreciating life so much more. Um, I still felt the sense of being reset in a way, even though it was a terrible experience. But yeah, my two cents.
3: So have how many let me ask you, um how many people have you kind of been with through this process, Alex? Like have you experienced this with a dozen people, a hundred people? Like what is what is the universe of experience here that in terms of quantity that you've seen personally?
2: Are you saying what we'd expect Consider like a bad trip, or are you just saying no? Just in
3: general, trip? in just general, from A to Z through this process,
2: right? Like, um, I'd say easily over thousands, easily, easily over yeah. a thousand, and and I had
1: and a can question. you? So, like, yeah. do people tend to look for you, um, or pe- people like recommended to to you or your organization, right? Because, I, you know, there there is kind of a stigma here and like some preconceived notions that a lot of people have, and so. You know, is this something that people seem open to if they've got issues or is it something that they, you know, only certain types of people seek out?
2: So mainly we're in, like I said, the music festival scene. So um, mostly in the early years, when they first started, you had a lot of backlash from these festivals. They actually got in a lot of trouble for having uh, organizations like ours there. But then over the years, they've started to realize that, A, you're gonna have a backup at the med tent of people that are just need somebody to sit there and talk with them. And now you're taking up nurses and EMTs just to sit down and talk to someone that's having a bad experience. And most of the time, they're just gonna take that person to a hospital, strap them to a bed, and they're gonna have a horrible experience. So we kind of stepped in and started making this as a uh, an alternative for those music festivals or a support system for them to be able to have us as an assistant to take care of those type of people to uh, alleviate EMTs and the medical staff at these types of events. Mm-hmm. And now most of the time, we like I said, we have a, a set up tent. Basically, it's what we call the sanctuary. And people are, can just either walk there, or we also have people that are like rovers or walkers that walk around the venue and look for people that you can tell that are maybe not having a bad best experience or you know, hand out information for people that may see somebody to send them our way and kind of know what resources and how to contact us to take care of those type of people.
3: Well, I mean, I think the, I mean what you're doing is is uh, pretty admirable. Uh, I think it's really cool. But, you know, getting back to like your personal experience, having witnessed up to a thousand people or more go through this, and I don't know how many of those people you have ongoing relationships with after the event, but I've seen data showing that there's a 500%, 500% increase of hallucinations after taking you know one of these doses right is that but 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 you know when that data is presented it doesn't necessarily say is that good is that bad like how how bad is it if it is bad like i'm trying to figure out what are people not saying coming out of these studies right like what are the risk factors because as an investor and if we're trying to figure out, should we be investing in this movement for clinical clinical anxiety and depression and uh, drug recovery, like you, all of these things are going to come out over the next three years. OK, like all the side effects are going to come out like they will come out because they're being monitored so closely and so clinically that as a social arb investor, my goal is to kind of, you know. Figure out what those side effects are going to be because there's such a vast amount of Experiences with this drug over the last 30, 40 years that we should be able to adequately predict or just know Exactly what side effects are going to come from taking this, right? So can you tell us what what the risk factors are like when people say 500% more hallucinations afterwards? Like once you're through the trip uh in the months afterwards like what does that actually mean is that a, a negative will that come out as a dangerous thing a negative thing do people can they hurt themselves afterwards do they kind of
4: be tr- super as transparent as you can with us yep. uh, I, I think alex has a thing on this but i think what they're talking to so there is a risk factor and that's people with people with um a gene or family history of schizophrenia um they, they should not take psychedelics because they're going to get schizophrenia anyways but what psychedelics will do is most likely speed it up so that's probably what they're talking about with with people seeing um hallucinations afterwards uh in, in my experience everyone just i mean you feel more love I that mean, that's a basic experience but yeah the uh, and i think everyone should try it except for people who have uh, schizophrenia
3: Gotcha.
2: Yeah, I think Leon hit that right in the head. I I know one person personally who ended up kind of getting schizophrenia after a long period of drug usage. I'm not sure if that's because the psychedelics played a part or if they were just prone to uh, schizophrenia in general. But for the most, uh, from what I've seen, I've seen some people, yes, they come off a bad trip and have, you know, may have lost friendships or changed relationships. I'm not sure if it's for really the better or worse. But for the most part, everyone I see come out of those type of trips is all for, uh mainly for the better, they they they're happy that they had that bad experience to get there. Um, I've personally never had any hallucinations or anything like that outside or after taking drugs. I remember like taking DARE class, they'd tell you, you take LSD once, you crack your back, you're gonna see hallucinations again and stuff like that. But I've never I've never personally had anything like that besides being in a sensory deprivation tank that made me hallucinate, Well, that's common for using those type of things. Now, as
1: far as like turning this into something that is prescribed though, um, I think that's something that would be disclosed, right? And so you'd have to say, even if you're not really concerned about recurring hallucinations, but that you know, illusions and hallucinations are a side effect of the drug because when you take it, that's what happens, right? And so um, even though that's kind of the purpose of it, um, it's also you know, like a doctor couldn't just you know be like, oh yeah, you're gonna have some fun, see some crazy colors. Like he's gonna have to talk about it pretty clinically. Yeah, I know. If
2: the, uh, yeah, at least.
4: Go ahead. I, I was just saying, I, I was looking at the uh, the therapeutic doses on uh, Composite's website, and they were really low. Like, it wasn't even a gram. It was like a several 70, mil- it was almost like a microdose. And if you take a microdose, you, you're not going to see any hallucinations, but you're going to hmm. get, like, the warm, fuzzy kind of feelings, but without... going to you know.
2: laugh for a little bit. Yeah, especially with microdoses, that's actually seen a lot of... Um, Hype in Silicon Valley. A lot of those big tech people have talked about how they use microdosing to be more creative and to feel they have more energy and just that you know more uh, competitive edge because they just have that little sense of creativity.
3: But yeah, also, I mean, uh, let's be let's be honest, guys. If I if I took what you're saying is a microdose, um, it, it, it would not be a nothing event for me. <laughs> See that? I can guarantee you that I would come out with like 40 different side effects that I would tell you I was having from it, okay? <laughs> so I, I can appreciate that. But that is interesting. So in terms of like because I think they're, I don't know, I think, is, is it is are they dosing like at the one gram level, Leon? Is that what you've seen? I, in terms I, of I like saw compass, 70
4: or... it said 70 milligrams I think was what I read and for a recreational dose, it's like one or two grams. And a heroic dose is five grams. Okay. And, and Tim Ferriss has taken eight, which is like, whoa, dude.
3: <laughs> yeah, I, I, um, so I read an article uh, in my research for this yesterday. And it was uh, someone who took a 50 gram. Uh, it was called the world's largest heroic dose of, of, of you know, I can't say the word. So say the psilocybin. word Psilocybin. Uh, how do you say it? Sci- psilocybin psilocybin 50 gram dose of psilocybin and it was quite the experience reading about it um, quite the experience but yeah I, I think I think in lower I think they they are working with generally lower doses so you're, you're saying that it, it, it is it, in your view at least the the risk factors are probably considerably lower at those dose levels than like what you would you took Leon, which would have been like a five gram,
0: hero dose.
4: Yeah, yeah, you wouldn't even see um, any visuals. Yeah, I think. But in the in gotcha. the
0: scientific research, it, I saw in like some of the trials, ninety seven percent of patients reporting some sort of adverse event, like hallucinations or illusions or, or that sort of thing. So, are they are they talking about People who have taken the normal clinical dose, or is, is I'll have to, which I'll one have to, was
1: this a Johns Hopkins one?
0: I believe so. Yeah,
1: yeah, it depends on the dose, I think.
3: Yeah, Dave, the first time I took CBD, I thought I was having.
0: <laughs> you told me about that. You made me. You made me afraid to try a CBD oil uh, capsule.
1: <laughs> I was like, you'd be the one guy in a trial wait, that took the wait, placebo wait, that that got wait. the effects
0: oh he'll definitely whatever he takes it placebo would definitely have hallucinations for chris take
1: sugar pills and 100%. be like I'm wasted. <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Place- i wasted 100
0: percent don't, don't include him like- in any clinical trials Um, But but So that was in phase one where where I saw the 97%, and in phase two, I saw that um, at least two patients were hospitalized after the fact, up to six months after the fact, for suicidal ideation or uh, attachment uh, adjustment disorder. So there are these longer term things that as investors, we have to be like on the sidelines going, whoa, this... This might be a little more risky than the couple of anecdotal cases that
1: sound amazing, yeah. so that's that's kind
0: of where I I sit. Is
1: yeah, well, to be fair, I mean is, that you know the we don't know if the psilocybin had um, an effect on that or not, and that's why I think they're still looking at all that data.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dave. Because remember, I think they're starting off with a clinically depressed, drug resistant. Uh, patients right in the trial so you know when you're starting off with that subset of of you know patients it's you're going to have issues anyway so it gets that's by the way we'll talk about that because that's what makes this trial really tricky is it's not so black and white right yeah, like you're yeah. dealing with patients that already have a lot of issues to su-
1: figure yeah, in, in, in the same looks, study I mean, that talks got, about so those got, kind of side effects yeah. Well it's, then uh, look here's the deal though they've got people that have these mental health issues they've been put on all these really um i mean you know crazy chemicals for how, who knows how long and then before they're even allowed to take the psilocybin they've got to be weaned off these chemicals for like 3 to 4 weeks before they're even allowed to try and now, i've heard that a that's a really bad experience too
3: period, jordan that's a yeah. really dangerous period yeah. taking them off and so by the way when they go through that washout They don't wait three or four months and be like, well, let's see how you do without this so we have a baseline. No, they just go right into the psilocybin, you know, uh, experiment. And then whatever happens after that, they don't know if it was caused by the psilocybin or by being off of those other drugs that they've been on for, in some cases, decades. right? Right. So, I mean, think about, Dave, do you remember when the vaccine study just stopped a month and a half ago because someone you know had an adverse reaction yeah like they ultimately decide it wasn't from the vaccine but imagine yeah. a study like this like you have to pause, you never you have
0: to the, pause the study and and yeah it's it, it's a it's a difficult study to yeah. have i imagine yeah. yeah but the the efficacy it also is remarkable like 75 80 percent effective at yeah. potentially like getting people to no longer need the antidepressants or other uh, the, the serotonin inhibitor type drugs that—that's
1: uh, the best part, you know. Yeah,
0: so if you can exactly. do that, it's Alex, like you, you kind of want Alex to, as an done, investor, be you know, in on it a little bit to not miss the miss the boat. It's it's a it, it might be a FOMO trade for me.
3: Yeah. Do Do you guys know anyone? Um, uh, do you have anyone in your world that you've heard of? I know this is a new thing, but actually, you know taking psilocybin or or shrooms or lsd any any of these drugs right specifically to try to combat either depression or anxiety or are they taking it purely for recreational purposes and if you do know anyone that's done that i know leon you're a great you know you're a great anecdotal story but are there any others that you guys have heard of or know personally
2: um no most people i know is like uh
4: recreational yeah. news yeah
2: yeah, most would be for recreational use, but there is occasionally people that I know that will use microdosing for, they don't tell me it's for depression, it's for increasing creativity or energy, but um, they could definitely be using it for depression, just don't want to talk about it yet. But there's definitely a lot of people um, using it for not just recreational, but some sort of medical or enhancing benefit that it offers.
3: Interesting. All right. Uh, so where do you guys see... You know, before you know, first of all, thanks for coming on the show. But before we let you go, where do you, have you seen this movement getting bigger the last few years? It seems like we're hearing more about it. But you know, do you think more people are open to this type of drug, whether it's for recreational purposes or medical reasons, or they just how how do you think this next generation views? this type of drug right compared to the generation before and where do you think it's headed just just from your associations yeah. and what you've seen
4: i i think where it's headed is like the western world is finally going to have access to something that's really going to cure like you know depression is one of the biggest problems in the in the developed world and finally we're going to have something that's not a drug that could kill you and it's, it's natural. And so cities started like, you know, legalizing it like in Portland, Denver, and it, it just like every single state in the U S is going to have legal weed. Like it's going to be the same thing with psychedelics, right? I mean, people can take ketamine right now, <laughs> I would think that's more hardcore than psilocybin for depression. And then, uh, yeah, it's just going to be a way to kind of like reset the mind and help you deal with the modern world and hopefully bring, you know, everyone closer together. I think it's that's that's where it's heading.
1: Probably a healthier Alex, what, way to deal with doing? things than uh, alcohol, right?
4: Yeah. Well, oh, and, and these sure. are things
0: that have been used for for hundreds of like throughout oh, time of in human history. It's very limited that we have basically said no. These are these are things to avoid. They're dangerous and illegal. Like so, ancient yeah. times, this was very common practice.
4: Exactly. So, if you look throughout history at all ancient tribes and whatnot, if they did not have access to some kind of psychedelic uh, cactus or something like that, the the coming-of-age trial they had to do was something of a physical thing, where they would have to do a marathon in the desert without water or like, you know, get, uh, uh, you know, cut up or bitten by fire ants in you know, order to create this kind of pain to kind of push you through. But, but in the societies where they had access to these, uh, you know, um, plaid medicines, they, they would take that instead to kind of like, you know, ascend or whatnot. So it, yeah, it's, a, it's been a practice throughout time. And only like in the last, you know, less than a hundred years, it's been kind of a, made illegal.
2: Yeah. I do want to mention something on MDMA, at least. Um, that was actually used back in, I think it was 1977 when they first synthesized it. Therapists were using that across the U.S. for therapeutical benefits until up to 1985, where they finally scheduled it as a Schedule One drug. So it's in 35 years from then to now is now how far MAPS has taken it. Um, to now be back at these trials again for the therapeutic benefit that it was first synthesized for 35 years ago. So I think the momentum is just me, just like uh, medical marijuana, more and more states and more and more people, even if they aren't using it, they're going to see the benefits for other people around them. It's brother, cousin, friend that can benefit from depression, um, anxiety, uh, PTSD, and even drug addiction. I mean, we know drug addiction has plagued so many different areas, especially around me, that there's people dying daily to this. So it's definitely definitely going to be a movement for the future that's definitely going to uh, save plenty of lives.
3: Wow, awesome. And, uh, you know, imagine the work that could have been done on this over the past 30 years if those trials weren't kind of stunted. It's, it's sad to think about that, but at least we're headed in the right direction, regardless of what we end up finding out. Guys, thank you so much. And, and by the way, Alex, is theres there is – there, a place that people can are you just in texas or like what state are you in i don't even know i'm uh
2: in near buffalo new york or is your york.
3: organization
2: national or um we kind of just raise money for maps basically uh we're kind of just a small um branch i guess you'd consider us okay
3: cool well um you know like i said if, if you have a friend you're going through this try, try to find a good place Uh, I guess people that can help you through this process. And what really woke me up to where I think this movement is headed was a business associate of mine, a fairly well-known person uh, on Wall Street, uh, put a post out on Facebook, I don't know, about a year ago. And the post was essentially that someone in his family uh, was suffering from debilitating clinical depression. And they were at a point as a family to where they wanted to uh, attempt to treat uh, with psychedelics because of all the research that he had done on the subject matter. But living in the Northeast uh, and, and due to various circumstances and how small these studies are, it would be next to impossible to get his, you know, this family member into a study. And so he was asking if anybody knew of any like gray market treatment centers or like, Just people like almost like yourself, Alex, that that can kind of help help them go through this process, maybe not necessarily in a authorized clinical setting, uh, but in the safest way possible. And I, I found that really amazing that here's a you know, here's a professional that's putting themselves out there and is proactively seeking this out for a family member. I think the next few years are going to be really interesting if these results continue to come back from these phase two and three studies uh, in a po- in positive light. Uh, so now it's time for us to dig in deep to the research, talk about the stock trade. But we're going to let you guys go. Thank you for joining us.
2: All right, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks, guys. Really,
3: really appreciate it, guys.
0: Woo, that was cool. Yeah, that was great.
3: Yeah, I, I I was really looking forward to hearing about that, and Leon's story is incredible, right? Like, it's absolutely incredible. Uh, I think we should talk about just how big the market is for this before we get too into it, like depression stats.
1: So, um, major basically major depression is somewhere between 10 and 15% of the entire population. Right. And now while this drug is only being treated like targeted for, um, uh, the people that are treatment resistant, that's still a third. So that's up to 5% of the population. Um, but we have to assume that if this is, you know, effective for people that are treatment resistant, why wouldn't they start to creep into, you know, you know, further up the up the pipeline um, to try to get people off some of these tough drugs.
3: Yeah, yeah, Jordan, I heard that from a dollar standpoint, what that means for people that are treatment resistant is like three to five billion globally in terms of how much you're spending on pharma for that treatment resistant uh, ailment and about yeah. one billion to one and a half billion a year here in, in the U.S., right? So like just with the, you know, just with that treatment resistant group, it's already like a billion to a billion and a half annually here in the U.S. Guys, let's I feel like I feel like when you start research, I was really excited about this movement and the investments in this space. But the more you end up researching and digging in deep, the more risk factor. I mean, it's just the risk factors start flying yeah. all over the place. Right. It's not a simple trade. It's not. It's far from.
1: Wait, wait, the risk factors on, what, on on what company?
3: Well, I, I think it doesn't actually matter that much which company, because when you think about the way this is administered in a clinical setting, one of the big hurdles is that this is something that requires a lot of people time, right? Like like the Compass, Compass is like the big one. What's the stock symbol for Compass,
1: Jordan? So yeah, it's CMPS. So let's talk yeah. about compass. And so you said it takes people, and it doesn't just take people, right? So basically, this drug has to be administered, you know, in a clinical setting. Um, so you can't just prescribe it and let the person go home with it, like they're they're not going to do that. And so you have to take it in that clinical setting. But it's not just a clinical setting. All the people um, that are around you, you have to have a registered healthcare professionals. So you can't just be like a a psychiatrist it has to be a registered healthcare professional that also has taken training in psychotherapy like in psycho psychotherapy. so that seems like a meetings, pretty right, small set
3: yeah six yeah. meetings is that right six different appointments right. to get this it's it's a high
0: barrier to administer e- even in these in these tests it, it's the, the scalability of it is very limited because it has to be done over like you say multiple multiple courses yeah with Monitored and staffed kind of supervision. So it's like a. Well, it's
1: not just scalability, right? You're also talking about insurance reimbursement. And so instead of just prescribing a drug and the ease of that, which is just like, hey, take this drug, I'll see you back in three months, it's, hey, we're going to put you on this whole regimen. It's going to cost a ton of money. Um, and we have to see if the insurance is going to pay for it. I don't think any of those questions are answered yet. If there's going to be, um, what do they call, it? like a code for insurance to even be able to bill to for this yet, I, I don't, I haven't heard of that yet
0: well and and it's trying to replace big pharma that was is definitely going to be pushing against any sort of like advancement that replaces their drugs
3: and here's the scary thing like don't you recall like when we were growing up 70s and 80s right uh as kids what we thought was a psychiatrist in our mind was someone that would sit down and really psychoanalyze a person and be deeply engaged with that person. And yes, they would prescribe medication as a psychiatrist versus being a psychologist, but they were just heavily engaged with that patient. Psychiatry in in today's day and age has turned into literally, I don't even know what they do. From my understanding, they just administer drugs to people. It's like, you go in, you have a, you know, they okay, you have this, 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 Take that drug, this drug, that drug, and they just kind of go through a circus of drugs until. Well, it's not a circus,
1: get... right? So they've got a flow chart that they have to follow, right? And exactly. So but the like, first it's... thing that they're allowed to administer is this, and then with that fails, and they administer this, and then it's and so they've got a whole workflow, and that is le- like they're legally obligated to follow that workflow.
3: But their job is pretty structured, is what I'm. That's what I'm getting. That, at. I, I agree. I agree. Job, yeah. and this is a lot less structured when you're talking about moderating a patient even if it's not the psychiatrist there, but there's another team there, the psychiatrist is ultimately still the person, I think, who has to be responsible two months later, five months later, dealing with this patient, dealing with me calling them up, going, I'm having hallucinations, I'm seeing things, like, you know, like, and they're like, really?
1: That's why they have to have a medical, that's why they have to have a medical healthcare professional also in these settings.
3: But I'm talking about afterwards, Jordan, yeah. like a month after, two months after, three months after. Like in today's world, a psychiatrist can literally just be like, well, just stop taking that drug. We'll put you on a different one, right? But now you've gone through this massive experience, this trip that, that has altered your mind in some ways, right? Uh, and you can't really go back on that. And you have people that could be, you know— attributing things and symptoms that really have nothing to do with this particular treatment, but the doctor is dealing with that, right? And that's a lot for a doctor to have to deal with. So when you think about would a doctor immediately go to want to prescribe this huge emotional process that they don't know what's going to happen in terms of well, how they're going to well, deal. With and they've got to,
1: So think about it. They've also not just that, but they've got to almost sell it to the patient, right? Because the patient yeah. might have certain biases against these things. Um, they might have prejudices against taking some of this stuff. And so they've got to tell them, hey, look, um, we've got something. It's you know proven to be really effective on people that are resistant. But you know uh, you're going to have some hallucinations <laughs> and illusions. Um, and so you've got to like get people past that.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's that I think is the, to me, that might be the largest risk factor yeah. of investing in any of these companies. And we could talk about the specific yeah. companies. Compass, I think, is Compass kind of is is kind of
0: the biggest. They
1: Compass are is the biggest. The... They're Nasdaq. Um, they're a Nasdaq company. They're not like Nasdaq one hundred or anything, but they're they're a Nasdaq listed company. I think most of the rest of them are pink sheets.
0: But yeah, they are. And and Compass is uh, actually the uh, the first billion dollar thing. The, they're the first psychedelic unicorn, is what I found out.
3: <laughs> well, so Dave, they doubled since their IPO. So they've doubled in valuation on their, I guess it was on their IPO day. So, you know, people are saying, you know, there's a lot of hype with Compass And the reality is Compass is going through their phase two trial right now. I think they'll be completely done with phase two by the end of 2021. They're set to potentially, if everything goes right, this is a company that will have this treatment fully approved by the FDA sometime in 2023 or maybe even 2024. So, gosh, but guys, here's the problem. It's a one trick pony, this company. Right. I mean, if They're this like, thing, yeah, if this thing, if they get, could you imagine if the trial has to be stopped, okay, for any number of reasons and we know how easy it is to have to stop a trial. Gosh, I mean, there's no backup plan here. This is a, this is a risky for anyone looking to invest in this, including myself, because I did buy shares. I already have shares of
0: Compass. Well, you're up it's, 4% today.
1: Well, and look, like Chris, you got to realize, um, Traded a lot of these biomed's, you know, what probably a decade ago, and did really well in them. But they are very volatile based on what the FDA reports back, um, you know, during some of these trials. And so, if there's any hiccup in the trials, you can see the share price plummet. On the other hand, if the share if the trials go well, we'll when when they're trading at like
0: like zero point two cents, like these some of these super cheap stocks are up. 18% 18% today one of the ones that I started tracking yesterday most of them 12 13 14 15 like they're all up look at look at this look at all of these numbers over on the far right the, those What's are those some, are hey, random stocks probably, that I started tracking yesterday
3: you're probably referring to um, uh, mind medicine which is kind of one of the smaller ones but I would say at least the market perceives mind medicine to be one of the more legitimate Small players. They're about half a billion valuation, I think. Is that right, guys?
0: And four or 500 million. um,
3: What's What's interesting? Let me just take people through understanding. 380 million
0: as of today's 9% increase.
3: Crazy. Compass is focused on clinical depression, drug resistant depression, and just clinical depression in general, where uh, the stock we're talking about right now, Mind Mind Medicine, uh, which is MMEDF. They are more focused on, correct me if I'm wrong, anxiety, uh, uh, what else, guys? It's it's three things. Anxiety, I think drug rehabilitation, I think, potentially, uh, but anxiety and ADD, excuse me, anxiety and ADD. So in my mind, I'm like, I could see the FDA being a bit more focused on treating an ailment like clinical depression uh, than ADD and anxiety. But, you know, the anxiety, I mean, this is a lot to go through for ADD, right, guys? Anxiety is a whole nother thing. Anxiety could be pretty serious. But I think, I don't know if the FDA will will view that as something that they want to fast track because they're fast tracking or give like fast track status to Compass. And I know that my medicine is going to try to get that same fast track status. And if they do. Uh, that would be a huge boom for the stock, I would imagine. I just—it'll be interesting to see how the FDA views them, right? Uh, but they are the smaller company. I think the risk factor here, guys, is that even if they get through these trials and they do well, there are a lot of open questions as to the viability of actually generating significant real revenue from these procedures and also being able to protect the ip right because truthfully they're not making a drug this is not a drug it's a process right yep now i think to some extent compass has you know part of what they're getting approved is this um you know uh you know not real psilocybin right they're not taking it from mushrooms from mushrooms they're actually synthetic, yeah, yeah right So I think that's part of it. And I think that's a big deal. But if this were to get really big, there will be a lot of other people coming into this space. Now, they will have a two to three year lead, right? Um, Market edge on them. And I do like Compass. I feel like if you love this space, regardless of their valuation, if you feel the space is going to continue to crush, seems sensible to me that, you know, at any valuation, Compass has got to be it's got to be part of my portfolio. And yeah, I mean, are. I
1: think there's some momentum to this thing. It, it is trading about three times higher than their IPO. Um, and like you said, they're already one trick pony. So if this trick gets uh, shot down, this thing could tank.
0: And that's why for yeah. me, it's, I'm not going to invest in Compass, but I would really like to get uh, some maybe pre-IPO shares of that ATAI, ATAI company that is basically an incubator for all of these kind of companies i think they own 20 30 percent of compass um and they basically have made strategic investments in a bunch of them and as of yesterday they announced that they closed a 125 million dollar series c round and there are rumors that they're going to ipo uh this is the one that uh that uh what's his name the paypal co-founder is invested in and uh you know, the, the He's
3: also invested directly in Compass as well, Dave. Yes. Um, but I, I, I kind—I kind of agree. I would—I I just
0: think that if I, rather than trying to pick and choose, having the kind of mutual fund, the index fund of all of them, is—is is my approach. And this this Atai company seems to yeah, be the one. I'm
1: with you, Dave. If you find shares and I'll look too, then I I would definitely be interested in that.
0: If you if you look th- these are all of the uh, companies that they're involved in and and, and their various uh, phases so compass is uh, there, Demi Rex gaba like all, all of these things that you know I don't I don't know but I feel like rather than trying to pick and do individual research on each company that might be the way that I try to approach it
3: not I mean I don't think it you're right. I mean I think that that's probably that would that would be an interesting way to trade it and I would probably get some as well. I just purchased just you know just this second, 20 seconds ago, I purchased 50,000 shares of MMEDF. I did not own any prior to this episode. Uh, but I own some now. And I'm actually going to purchase another $20,000 right now. So I just, or 20,000 shares, excuse me. So I now own, well, I didn't get filled. I should always do this before. I feel yeah, guilty doing it before the episode. That's fine. Like it's, should, it's
0: on a downtrend. You should be You should be able to get filled.
3: Yeah, well, uh, I did. Okay, so I have 70,000 shares now of MMDEF. And Jordan, you know that I've owned, for a little while now, I've owned Compass. Let me yes. see how much Compass I actually own here. Uh, what's the symbol on Compass again? CMPS. C-M- oh, here, I have 10,000 shares. We have a lot of Compass, guys. Wow. Uh,
0: I love how you go through your portfolio and are just constantly uh, shocked and amazed at what you yeah. bought. It's like
1: oh, $70,000 worth of compass. You I'm crazy. selling
3: 5,000 shares right now. I'm, I'm Literally, I'm selling this two. Now that I have the other one, I don't want to own that much. I think that's a little ridiculous. So whatever. I'm going to put an order in. We'll see if it gets filled to sell some. So I don't know. I What other risk factors? I mean, you guys have done the research too. It, it, did I miss any? We obviously um, have the lengthy process and the expensive process and all the people that have to be trained by this company to even be able to administer their their treatment, right? A psilocybin. And then you have to sell it to the patient. Yeah. Jordan, you're right. You have to get the insurance companies to actually refund, you know, to, to pay for this. But listen, that's no different. From any other drug, right? And I don't...
1: Well, the difference is that all these other drugs actually have... There's a code for all this stuff. There's no code for doing this, um, you know, drug plus the, in. you know, in clinical... It hasn't been blessed by the insurance companies yet. I doubt that's even been codified yet.
3: I think they'll get... No, but they have years. They have years to get... They've got a
1: couple of years. It it takes like six months. Uh, Well, mm. Yeah, it could take What I'm
3: saying is the drug won't be approved until 2023, 2024, if it gets approved. So they have a long time to work on that. Yep. Um, Um,
1: The other one is just the negative stigma, like I said. So um, not just with patients, but also with doctors. Um, So you've got to sell both sides that this is. Someone says Compass sells a 10 hour online
3: course. If that's true, that's kind of cool, actually. Uh, It might not be that difficult. And I could see a lot of you know what? I do see this as an area that I, a lot of physicians and, you know, registered healthcare professionals, I would imagine people would would be drawn to this. Right. Like this is an interesting thing. Right. To like be part of. There's a lot of people that believe in this. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so I don't want to sell it short. And, and by the way, I think if we're thinking about the average 40 plus year old doing this, I agree there's probably some resistance there. There's either people that would be open to it or people that would think it's crazy and they just don't want to deal with it. But if you think about the next generation of, you know, people that are 20 to 40 right now over the next... (sighs) Oh boy, excuse me. Yeah, oh no, Go on the, the patient
1: talk. side, I agree. The difference is that on the doctor side, I think those are probably gonna skew a little bit older for, you know, a little bit longer. And so you've still got to sell the doctor that this is something that they want to do. Yeah. And
0: I think that as more and more data comes out and the research just becomes more clear, those kind of things will work their their way out, which is why for me, it's more of a FOMO play. I I feel like this could be the next big thing in medical, in the way mental health is treated. I I just, if there's a chance, if there's a 20% chance that this takes over and replaces all of the drugs, how could you not be invested in it? Right? So, Dave,
3: I see it a little bit differently. For me, it's less of a FOMO trade for me. It's a social arb trade on the, on the trial data. So here's my thesis. We just spoke to two people who had vast personal experience with this, and there's millions of others that have had personal experiences with uh, uh by shrooming for recreational purposes, right? We have a wealth of data, and the data that is, you know, antidotal on a one-on-one basis has shown us that this has been an amazingly positive thing. Every single person I've spoken to that has taken this drug, for the most part, has said it was an amazing thing for their brain, for their life, uh, for Leon, for depression. So I actually, just with the limited data that we've seen in phase two from Compass, I actually have a high level of conviction that we are going to continue to see positive data coming out of these trials for the next two years, okay? And because of the subject matter being shrooming, psychedelics, it's interesting, it's, you know, it's something that people like to talk about. I think it's get something more that the news would love to report on. Yep. I think we're going to see so much buzz about this. Over the next two years, every time we get a report of positive data, I think that report is going to be amplified through the media. I think it's going to be amplified through social channels. I think that will then get amplified uh, through investment channels. And because of that, I think we're going to, at some point, get a hype cycle for these psychedelic stocks, okay, that is way bigger than the hype cycle, the mini one we're seeing here in the early days. I can envision a hype cycle that is equivalent to what we're seeing with the EV sector almost, right, for psychedelic pharma. So I just want to be part of that. I like the risk-reward there. Dave, what I don't know is, do I want to keep these stocks after they ultimately get approved? I am unsure how much money they can make, how quickly they can make that money, all the hurdles they have to go through to actually sell this drug to doctors, Jordan, to the public, how expensive that's going to be, how big is this industry category? I think those questions, I don't know how to answer them yet. But for me, I don't care because right now I'm trading what I believe will be a, a hype cycle that will develop over the next two years when we start to get pot, what I believe is... a More as a likely chance that we're going to get positive data, more likely that we'll get positive data than negative data. I don't normally say that when it comes to clinical trials, but we've had such a wealth of antidotal data that we can see from the past 30 years. I see no reason why this shouldn't continue to show positive data. So that's my trade. I'm in it for the clinical trial data that I am pretty sure will be great And the hype cycle because of the media and the social channels and the buzz and the millennials and the Gen Zers and everybody wanting to get involved with this amazing potential breakthrough drug that can cure. What is more important than curing depression in 2020, right?
1: It's Jordan, what is it, a third of the world? It's like 15%, it's, 15% of the world have major depression. Major and so I don't even depression. know what it is for just like, you know, everyday depression, which I'm sure a ton of people but have. But Jordan, that's
3: all ages. This isn't something for, for just people
1: that are at the tail end of life. This I is 20-year-olds, 10-year-olds, well, well, and so that's not, So that's another, that's another thing is that this um, there were also really good um, results for people that were on the tail end of life too, which is also really interesting where they gave it to people that had... Um, advanced stage cancers and things like that. So that's another um, potential use for this drug and therapy combination. I, but I, yeah, no, I'm, I agree with you. I think you you bought. I mean, I don't know what you do. I, if I were doing it, I would do it to just buy a the hype cycle and the FDA results, and then I would be out of it before this thing actually turned into a business.
0: Yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. I'm in it for the hype. It's my FOMO trade, though. It's like whether whether it happens or not, it, I I feel like we're on the verge of it. Getting a lot of buzz, right?
3: Yeah, but Dave, don't you think there's some more? There's likely to be positive data behind that hype absolutely. over the next two years. Absolutely, absolutely, and that's it?
0: yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be positive buzz, not a bunch of negative stories coming out. I, that's what I think.
3: That's what I love about this trade, and and I it's do like Compass positive.
0: because they are the kind of go-to. They're the they're the respected big leader in the in the space, even though it is just one drug and it, it, it's very focused in their current trials. I do like that because it's probably going to be the one that always gets included in the list of stocks to watch, right? It's going to be, in, it's going to be at the top of every list. Yeah. And so yeah, playing I, the hype I, I, trade, absolutely. playing the FOMO trade, that one makes sense to be in. But I really do want to get some uh, pre-IPO shares of that, a tie. Yeah,
3: yeah you want to be in the altcoins alt as well, basically, uh, of, of psychedelics.
0: <laughs> I want to have a couple altcoins, and I definitely want to own Bitcoin, which is encompasses the Bitcoin of psychedelics.
3: I like it. I'm in I'm in I'm in both the both the stocks we discussed. I just got in the other, so I got about I don't know, now about about $350,000 between the two of them. So it's a, you know, small-ish trade for me, but it's something that I want to participate in. And I'm I'm in these for the long run, guys. I'm in these for like 2 to 3 years, I think. So we'll see yeah. that that's how long the social arb cycle is going to last on this. I believe <laughs>
0: And I see people so, saying that that you know it, the FOMO, of buying a stock that is already up, two hundred, that's already doubled since its IPO. That's we, a ridiculous. We might have already statement. missed out on the missing out on the fear of missing out. But the thing is, no, no it could go up see, a thousand percent. It could it could it could double again and again and again, right?
3: Yeah, yeah. I, look, because it's not trading on
0: anything real. It's trading on hype. Right. And hype never checks fundamentals. We
3: do not look at stock price here. We're social arbitrage traders. That's it's just what we do. Dave, should we pull up a few uh, Google Trends charts? And guys, if you're watching, let us know what tags should to... we pull up to look at here. I just pulled up shrooms, which I don't think is really a professional <laughs> way to go about doing this. <laughs> but, but but I'm going to do it too. Let, here we let, go. Let Here's five year some... charts. Uh, what do we? What would we call this? Um, you know. You know one that I. That
0: I bet is I mean, up uh, it's it's near a five-year high here. Let's see.
3: Let's see. I mean, you psychedelic want... therapy. I mean, I can't even spell the word What are people looking for, right, when they're researching this? Uh us well, just we'll we'll pull up something and then I'll look I'm gonna pull up mushroom therapy, Dave, and then I'm gonna look down and see if I can find any related queries. That's always good... Hmm, not enough people. Oh, try, psychedelic try just, therapy yeah. as a topic.
1: You want to try psilocybin?
0: Psylo... psychedelic... Yeah. That's another one. It, can anyone actually spell that, though? That doesn't oh, seem like it would be a good search term. P-S-I. I can't
1: spell it. L-O-C-Y-B-I-N.
0: P-S-I?
1: L-O-C. Oh, there uh, is. Microdosing, Y-B-I-N. the community is saying. I like that. It's very low for psilocybin. Oh, but the pretty now, big spike. No, psilocybin is at uh,
0: spiked at the end.
3: Yeah. I think microdosing sounds like something that people would actually look up. And, well, a huge spike in the last couple weeks for microdosing. Other than that, is definitely on an uptrend. Uh Let me see what else people look at. Microdosing benefits. Oh, microdosing for depression. I'm not seeing like a ton here. I'm seeing an uptrend, but what we're not seeing is like a massive exponential acceleration in search traffic. For these tags, right, like microdosing or shrooms or psychedelic therapy. Uh, wh- someone said one word,
1: Dave. We do one two word, word on microdosing.
0: But look at the yeah, spike on two words. People like me yeah. have really started uh, searching for the two-word version. <laughs>
3: someone says an entire subreddit Similar. on microdosing. We should start tracking. I think a nice thing to monitor, if I were going to maintain kind of monitoring on the subject matter. The subreddits for this stuff, right? The oh, subreddit for microdosing and just seeing how those grow over time. Uh, <laughs> shroom chocolate. <laughs> uh, mushroom <laughs> clinical trial. That's, in our, that's worth taking a look at, actually. Mushroom clinical trial. Nothing. Nothing. Not enough. So that just shows you that this has not yet captured, you know, the mind of the general public in a massive way. Not not a bad thing. Uh, it's, it, it just means that we're not there yet. And again, we're very early. You know, guys, we are an investors. And I think I think one of the areas that where people are really talking about this is in the investment community, right? Because we have Compass Pathways. They recently IPO'd. We're looking at it. There's a lot of new investors this year that are young. We're trying to look at what's the next hype cycle. What are the next categories, the next sectors? But I think the general public probably hasn't caught on to this in that same way. Even even media. I know it's been in the media, but I haven't really seen it completely take over yet. Um, so it's it's interesting to see that I don't know what these words are that people are putting in here what they mean I don't know if it's appropriate to look up
1: what <laughs> Let's
3: see here oh golden teachers magic mushroom uh, it's a magic mushroom strain a species mm. yeah of, I don't know I, this is not our world. Called golden <laughs> golden teachers. Golden teachers is a strain of magic mushroom.
0: Well, there's
1: a five year U.S.
0: chart on it.
3: Say yeah.
1: up, but not crazy.
3: Yeah, mushrooms for depression. I, I think we looked up something similar to that, and it was well, You could just
1: do mushrooms depression. Yeah,
3: mushrooms depression. Yeah. It is would yeah? You're right, Jordan. And it's up, but a lot of stuff is all up in the last 30 to 60 days. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that spike is. Uh, I'm going to pull a 30-day chart and see exactly what's driving that. Guys, if you're ever on G-trends and you're trying to figure out what is that spike, what, what's driving, what's the narrative driving that spike, what you want to do is you want to actually narrow the graph for that, for that time period Okay, and you want to pull just that period of time and then you want to look at either uh, related queries or related topics. And there's just not enough to show anything here. I mean, depression, mood, there's just not enough. This is not a, a highly searched topic. But usually if you look at that period of time through related queries, you'll see why it is that people are searching for that topic through other tags that they're searching for that are more um that are more granular in nature right so that's a little trick that we use when looking at g trends yeah so guys i think we've said all there is to say about mushrooms i have my trade on it's a little bit of a set it and forget it trade for me because this isn't a social arb trade that's going to change next month now if trial data comes out and it's terrible i'm screwed i mean i don't know what else to say i'm screwed and i probably lost 50 percent of my investment if not more Maybe seventy percent, right? If something bad happens, that's just something I'm going to have to live with. But three three hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the portfolio, I can live with that.
0: Uh, And guys, let's see. Let's literally see if we can find some shares of this Atai company. This is this is kind of a uh, thing I found in our Discord of how they are the center of the universe here. All of their investments and founders. We have a we have a great Discord community, which, by the way, if you're not a part of, slash discord you can get your uh, invite to be a part of the community.
3: Um, ooh, Planet Thirteen earnings are at five p.m. Eastern today. Did you guys ever buy Planet Thirteen? I didn't no. know. I did.
0: Are you excited about your earnings uh, announcement today?
3: I I didn't i didn't buy it for earnings right so like that's not why i bought oh man my peloton man come on peloton you're ruining my entire day my peloton's down a quarter of a million dollars right now
0: ouch it's a bad day dude you you just lost half of your entire mushroom investment in peloton today
3: oh my gosh meanwhile my tesla's up one hundred did didn't quite make up for it still so what was i saying oh So I don't know. We're not looking 13. at stocks so I'm more interested in than Planet Thirteen. The, the the Best Buy of cannabis stores, and they're in Vegas. And I think they have one more store that they're expanding to in the short run. I told you, man. I I, I wanted to own some of them. I did the research. I actually think it's a reasonable. I almost consider it a bounce back trade. I I, I almost consider it a trade on Vegas. Quite honestly, I think this stock's going to crush the next two years, just based on that one Vegas store
0: killing it and because if they are the best of the buy supplement. of cannabis see i would i would tend to stay away from the best buys no you know what i mean it's a superstore. it's a fun huge experience experiential it's an experiential thing to do in vegas store.
3: in vegas yeah so like here's the thing if you go to vegas us but if you know whatever if people want to go to vegas and they want to you know smoke weed you're going to go to a back alley place. Like in the, no, you're going to go to this place. It's like a couple blocks off the strip. It's huge, it's fun. It's almost becomes part of like an experience. Like you just, if you're on a trip, you just go there as like part of your Vegas experience because most of the country still does not live in an area where they can go to the mall and get cannabis. Right. So like, I think it's, I think it's an interesting concept. So they, they're killing it. They're making a lot of money. Their their revenue their earnings positive, reasonable um, multiples. I have no idea what's going to happen on earnings tonight. It wasn't really an earnings trade for me. Yeah,
0: they they are up ahead of earnings, so it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight.
3: Do you want to talk about two stocks where I'm getting crushed right now? <laughs> is wait, remember that remember that short on Fox on Fox News? I shorted Fox. That's not going well. I'm down $35,000 in that trade. Should I just cover it at this point? Like, what? what is... I don't know. I don't know. That's... Well,
1: I'm not your financial really... advisor, Chris, so I can't – The uh... problem is, Jordan, Trump
3: just stopped – his attention span is just way too small. He just stopped talking about his – remember he talked about his media stuff for like yeah. 24 hours? And yeah. then he stopped talking about that. That's Well, he problem. stopped
0: talking about anything. He basically went into – Uh, hiding, I guess. I saw him playing golf during the, uh, the, the world summit.
1: They're still the top news network, I think,
0: by viewership. Well, I know that, of course they are, but I'm just
3: saying, like, I was hoping that the the, the thesis was that Trump was going to continue to talk and threaten that he was going to have the next biggest news network. And I'm hoping that he still does.
1: Maybe he'll he'll pick that back up. You never know. Um, Yeah but I think people try out like these OANs and they're like, Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. <laughs> so they go back to, oh, go back what? to the, the <laughs> go back to the name brand. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, you know what else I'm getting killed on today? Like unity. N- oh, unity
0: down? Nah, uh, this is, this is, this is no,
3: unit. he's no Uh, Nicola. So I am only, up. Uh, my gain on Nikola is only 50 showing 50,000 thousand dollar gain. I'm still up on my Nikola, but I'm down today. I mean, I got They're crushed
1: today. 17% today.
3: Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, I I covered half basically a little over half my short on Nikola today. But I still have some short shares. I can't fully let go because I just for me if GM doesn't get their deal done and I hope they don't I want to be there when this thing just gets crushed. I can't, I, I got to be part of that experience. Like if I know that the odds are against me because if for Nicola to go up this much today and I didn't see any real news this morning, I'm going to have to assume it's leaked information and the GM deal is getting done. That's why I covered half. Uh, it's sense. not a company I trust to control leaks. So I would just assume that somebody knows something there. And listen, I don't have much confidence in GM. I'm sure they're dumb enough to do a deal. Uh, with them, and I'm not even saying they're dumb to do it because, as we've said, they can't really lose, right? I mean, they're not. All they're doing is getting free shares of Nikola. And yeah. by the way, the the more they're seeing the stock go up now, it, the deal gets signed, the stock will go up another thirty, forty percent. The free GM shares worth
0: way more money. Yeah, exactly. And, you know they and if they happen to, if Nikola happens to sell a car, GM's glad to make it for them. Yeah, totally. Totally. it's it's a win win for GM. It is, it is.
1: Oh, but it's I'm a lose lose so, for your short. So
3: upset, I did not buy insurance on my palton. I was really thinking about buying some puts.
1: Man, when it hit one ten, it was probably the time to do it. I mean, obviously. Now, I was going to
3: do it. Yes, I was literally going to do this. Literally going into today.
1: Yeah, I didn't,
3: and now I don't know that 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 position. Tough. It's tough figuring out how to protect it at times like this. Okay. Uh, am I taking it personal, Nicola? Yeah, I'm taking it personal, uh, Sunset Cycling, because I hate companies that I don't believe act in ethical ways. That's it. I don't like people that act unethically. You've seen that if you follow, follow my Twitter the last year. I, I don't like companies that are unethical. It's just, for me, it's it's just a. it's. It just is what it is. Yeah, I get it. I
1: just stay away from them, right? So I just...
3: Yeah, I know. Jordan, my my position's really small, so it's like not a big deal. Uh, But yeah.
0: Can we we talk about something that I probably should have sold and still haven't? My GAN stock? Yes. It's down again. Is it doing well? Today. Well, no, it was on this little uh, run up, and then now it's on a nice run down.
1: Still up? Still up? almost a percent today today yeah so better than selling it yesterday
3: i just dave i feel like i it's just not something i want to be in that heavy because like i long term it's just really hard to figure out you know it's a small company how does that whole industry shake up how does the market react to it when we get out of the pandemic there's just a lot of question marks there and i think I don't know. I don't want to be tied up with a crazy amount of money in GAN. It's got to be... It, you haven't lost that much, have you? When did you get,
1: where did you get in this thing? You've got to um, be up, right? GAN. you bought like no, the 13s. I am,
0: I am down $162,000 in GAN. Oh, wow.
1: I thought you bought like in the 12s and 13s.
0: Well it's... Uh, no, no. I definitely did not. It's 1650 ish now. and uh, Don't you
3: think, Dave, you probably have some gains to write up against that loss? Maybe you should take a loss. That way you can help you against some of your gains this year.
0: Probably. Rip some cash? Yeah. I need to look yeah. at my overall gain and loss chart. So if hey, you Chris, think about it that is way. Your, uh,
1: how about your Vista? Did you sell that?
3: Yeah. I, I sold like uh, – no, not all of it. I sold some of it. I'm down to – uh, let's see. Is uh, that also not
1: doing well today?
3: No, I'll tell you why it's not doing well, I think. I haven't looked, but I, I'm going to assume it's not doing well because with Trump essentially, you know, early signals that he's going to concede now and start at least start this transition, I think that takes some of the civil unrest off the table. And there might have been some Vista traders who were trading because of potential civil unrest. Yeah, it's not how I think I can about see it. That. I, yeah, I could see that. It was never part of my Vista Vista thesis, really. But it is what it is. Uh, someone says OLN is killing it though, and I don't know. They're the other. Uh, yeah, I never they, bought. They I haven't. never bought Olin No, neither did I. No, I had Olin. I, I think I did. sold my Olin I you though. Did. I sold oh, you it. You sold it? Okay. Yeah. So, oh, they are doing well. Wow. Wow, man! I should have kept my own. Oh man, <laughs> dude!
1: You're giving Chris FOMO, guys. You gotta. You can't. You can't do this to him.
3: Now, now, now i You know when I sold my Owen when I needed to come up with all that cash to buy all oh, these yeah. rebound stocks, yeah. I had to sell something. You can't just keep everything, right? You, if, <laughs> you just. You have to. It's it's a trade off. I, I shouldn't have sold it, but I did. Yeah. I sold also my gun stocks, so I sold all of my Smith & Wesson, I sold all my Ruger, I did keep my Vista, oh, I'm glad now I sold my Ruger, look at that thing, take a dump.
0: I will say that I am now uh, up over $100,000 in my rebound trade, so I'm happy about that. Oh, nice, nice.
1: All right, 7%, uh, 8%? Real-time
0: chart that I have hooked up to Google I love how Google Sheets has the built-in um, quotes so that you can just keep track of something simple. Like, these are the trades that I got into that day, and I just want to kind of see how they're doing. Up, is that 8% or 6%? I can't read. Eight? Eight, nice. What do you mean I'm to have kill,
3: they import, ex- What's that? The import stock quotes, Dave? Yeah, you
0: can get, you can get real-time, uh, not real-time, but basically stock quotes... Um, Using the formula equals Google Finance, parentheses, ticker symbol, and return price. It returns other things, too. It returns, like, whatever kind of metric you might want.
3: is that ridiculous that you have to do that? Like, why won't our brokerage apps just do all this stuff that we want do. them
0: to? They do. You can, you can put all these in a little, like, paper trading kind of folder. Why? Why would I need to put them in a paper trading folder? Why can't I just... Oh, you, wanna, you want to? I wanted to track, track these board. separate from the rest of my portfolio.
3: God, just got to see it. how okay. just
0: these stocks that I did on that day when I sold some other things to make room for this, I wanted to be able to see how how I did. Gotcha.
1: My city group is killing it today. I know you love that Citigroup. Up, up five and a half percent, five and three quarters percent, Chris. Nice, dude. Just today.
3: Nice. I think it's awesome. Oh, by the way, Neo's killing it, Dave. You got your Neo right.
0: Neo. Yes, I bought. I bought uh, shares, and then I bought more shares when it was uh, after they had their earnings.
1: Nice. nice. Yeah, they're Our down Neo's today. but They good. were up like ten percent yesterday. They're down like four and a half percent right now. Um, let me pull. is down today. I hope they're up. Here. They're down today. Down four and a half percent.
3: Oh, yesterday was their big. But day.
1: yesterday was huge. They were up like eleven, twelve percent, something crazy. So yeah, I'm up yeah. Uh,
0: a sweet sixteen percent in Neo. Nice so
3: um he i ha i tweeted this morning i'm trying to figure out a strategy for uh exiting my tesla not all my tesla just this bonus tesla the oh, million yeah, bucks i bought on tesla yeah so i'm going to dollar sale average and by the way i googled that word. i Google does not recognize dollar sale average. I no, the think, the, no, though...
1: the correct term, I think, is um, scheduled selling.
3: That's not fun at all. No. Dollar sale average. Not
1: fun at all. I like dollar sale average.
3: Yeah, I agree. Uh, so I'm going to dollar sale average between now and December 21st, right? Which is their inclusion day. And then people are saying like, no, 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 hold it all. You know, let's keep it to the 21st. I'm like, well, it's not that easy. Like it's, it's right now, there's a tremendous amount of hedging going on, right? And that's what people don't realize. There are, there are this is why I made this trade. I, I want to call this potentially the easiest trade of the year that wasn't supposed to work because it was too easy. Because like everybody knew $50 billion have to be purchased. Did it not make sense that 50 billion, 10% of the stock, it's like obviously the stock's going to go up unless you have a big seller. We talked about the risk factors. If there's a big fund that wants to sell out of Tesla, this is their opportunity. If Tesla wants to raise money, this is their opportunity. So the concern here, guys, with why I might want to sell now is at these prices, this starts to get a lot more tempting for Elon to say, you know what? No. <laughs> let's go ahead and get another 10 bill right or for a fund
1: to get out because they know that those transactions are there right they know that there's liquidity they, they know there. they're there they and they know, know that right there. after the 21st like after all the funds have bought everything if they bought by then if, you know there wasn't some delay that the liquidity could dry up
3: yes uh well i mean you're saying liquidity dries up that mean what but, but those are funds jordan that are buying and not selling right so they're buying and they're just taking those shares off the market. That's what I'm saying, now, though.
1: That's what I'm saying is just, so your ability to sell is going to be diminished after that. That's correct.
3: So if you want to sell, this is kind of an opportune yeah. time. If you're wanting to raise capital, which I know Tesla always does, right? It, again, it's an it's op- a
1: very expensive business to operate. So they yeah. would, I, Why it'd be crazy for them to not.
3: Totally nuts for them not to do Especially that. Especially when
1: they're building factories, they're building that factory in Berlin, China. They're building stuff, Austin, everywhere.
3: Yeah, and so that would be a short-term net negative because that means there's more supply of stock that they're putting on to meet this demand. So I'm gonna take, I'm gonna sell like twenty percent today, maybe like twenty percent next week, twenty percent, twenty percent, twenty percent. And I'll sell twenty percent, kind of the week of. So that's that's my my unprecise <laughs> strategy on exiting this Tesla trade. Because guys, I am up huge. I mean, this thing, Tesla. What was it? Right when they announced that day, it was like. Let me see. It was like four, something. Four, four. forty-six. It's at five, It's up a hundred and ten dollars. It's up. Over it's up 25 percent, so I'm wow. that I'm up a quarter of a million dollars on just the extra Tesla trade that I made on this. So it's worked out well. I'm going to start exiting today. Uh, someone asked me about my Kodak put short. I still have my Kodak puts, guys. Still have them. Um, that was Die Wing. I got them. T Trava- R V G. What 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 on earth is T R V G? Oh, Travago. Travago, the travel.
0: Oh. Yeah, Man,
3: look at that, look at that stock. Man, they, that was that's a hell of a week for Travago. Wow, they doubled almost doubled this week. Yeah.
1: What's their Sweet. market cap? It can't be that big. Uh, seven
3: hundred and fifty million.
0: Ooh. is that a micro?
1: Travago?
3: No.
0: Small. I'm g- I'm getting ninety four million. Ninety
1: four million? No, seven hundred forty five million.
0: Oh, okay. I'm maybe I'm still looking at one of these shroom companies. You're
1: probably looking at MM They're they're a micro. Yeah. They're pink feet.
0: Oh, this I'm looking at a Travago ADR. That's uh, of- so the ADR is uh, has that market yeah. cap. That's a, that's TRVG is the ADR for Travago.
4: Mm.
1: Uh, yeah. European? By the way, is that true? Uh, what? what uh, someone? Are they European?
0: They must be. They uh, have strange European style commercials.
3: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> They're asking if we're still in our recovery stocks. Of course, we're still in our recovery stocks. We'll probably be in them for the next year. Uh, I didn't double down yet. Yeah. I'm still. I, I haven't made that decision. It's but yeah. Only
1: one not... that I man. I'm kicking myself for not buying Saber earlier. I might buy some oh. today because it dropped a little bit.
3: Oh, Dude, Jordan, I, my Sabre. Stop.
1: But I'm killing it on Citigroup, which I don't think you bought.
3: I did not buy Citigroup. <laughs> and I, and I should have, just to mimic, because I always try to mimic your stuff.
1: And your XLE that you mimicked of me is doing well.
3: Yeah, I'm up almost six figures in Sabre in, like, the last okay. week.
1: I believe it. <laughs> okay, that's
3: that's. Crazy. I believe it. Jordan, your XPO, I'm up sixty-two thousand in your XPO. Yeah. You know, man, even we're a Workhorse, man. What's going on, with Workhorse, dude? I'm up six figures in Workhorse now. I'm not, I'm not even following a lot of these uh, EV companies that I was like set it and forget it. The EV companies, but oh, Curio Leaf is starting to move now. The uh, my cannabis play. Like, by the way, we still need to do that episode, guys. Today was fun, but we need to do our. We can do our cannabis episode. Yeah, i will come soon, uh, guys. We have a lot of stuff slated for the next week. I think we have one more show tomorrow. Oh
1: wait, we've got a question, uh, Buck Pucker. Hope oh, I said that right. Um, have they looked at the Billy Billy thesis? Yes, we have. We've looked we at, it. We've looked that at is,
3: it. That is coming. We are that going. Be, to...
1: That could be slated sometime soon.
3: I think we're going to do that next week. Uh, This is the, guys, we had someone from our Discord community who did a really great job on a high conviction uh, trade thesis related to anime. Uh, Now, our bad for not listening to this anime talk earlier because the sector has gone nuts in the last month. And I think this has been a conversation on Discord for at least a month. So, but we're still going to talk about it. We'll we'll, we'll do that next week. I like it. I like it. We have, I I forget what we have this week, but we're going to do a Black Friday episode. Uh, We're going to do a shopping episode, I think, on Monday. We're going to look at G-Trend data for shopping behavior, uh, see where people were shopping, Target, Amazon, individual products, uh, you know, who's getting the lion's share of the holiday, you know, shopping uh you know consumer behavior where is it headed so we're gonna focus on that uh probably friday and monday
0: tomorrow aren't we talking about gtn yes that's that, what we that's have that's what i have on my season. calendar for tomorrow
3: it's on my totes calendar too.
0: and then yeah we have we have a bunch of uh really good episodes yeah, including our 2021 stock wish list which i'm looking forward to
3: Yes, you know, you know, bring her
1: stocks, Dave. Well, probably.
3: Um, Tomorrow's interesting because I feel that now that we're hopefully getting the presidential stuff behind us, I think a lot of eyeballs are going to start to move towards Georgia and the Senate race. And tomorrow is all about the hidden, the hidden Senate race trade. Right. Uh, We're going to dive really deep. We're going to bring our community member on, which we love doing to really dive in deep to this uh, trade related to the Senate race. It's an interesting one. I haven't made up my mind yet on it. So I might wait till tomorrow's episode to flush through, you know, the analysis. All right, let's do there any
0: updated analysis? Because I read a report that's maybe a week old. I need to check Discord.
3: Yeah, well, we just need to keep checking the data. But we'll talk about it tomorrow.
0: All right, guys. Let's do this. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you guys so much for watching. We are dumb money. We will see you. Oh, and by the way, because of uh, Thanksgiving, we are doing an episode tomorrow. Thanksgiving, we are not doing an episode, and then the market has reduced hours on Friday. What are we doing there?
3: Uh, Episode? We're going to do something on Friday, I think. Right? No, are we? Thought we were, but we don't have to.
1: Friday will be Black. Will be Black Friday, so we should on Friday. Yeah, we should do. Yeah, we have a Black
3: Friday episode. Let's let's do our Black Friday episode. On By the way, friendly. guys, we no, we forgot to announce last time, Dave, on our OG channel, dumb, YouTube forward slash dumb money, we can put it in the comments. We released a new episode. If you haven't seen it, it's on Google Trend data uh, with our community member, Nolan. Uh, so really cool edited episode diving into G-Trend data, uh, how we analyze it, how one of our community members
0: analyze it analyzes it so please right this second if you, if guys you see this thumbnail them. you definitely need to click on this thumbnail and yeah. we also have uh, new merch in the merch store which we should talk about including our OG 2020 shirts which you really want to get your hands on and uh, this hat I I love having a hat without a real uh, logo on it and I put the logo on the back so check that out. Oh that's out. good I like that. Isn't that nice?
1: Yeah. So, I'd, wear really I'd wear that backwards.
0: And then um, we have the, the mushroom shirt from today. Love it. There's two different versions of that. Stock chart hat. Oh, and I have a stock chart shirt, which, you know, how much time we spend looking at these charts. our actual portfolio? That is the, uh, in green, it's the SP. In blue, it's the uh, Dow 30. And in uh, yellow, it's the NASDAQ 100. It's basically a, a recap of 2020 that you can wear. And only OGs of this channel will have the 2020 version because we will stop selling all of our 2020 merch December 31st.
3: I, I Limited time offer it.
0: while supplies last.
3: All at our cost, guys. We don't make money off this
0: stuff, so this is just for the community.
3: Woo! All right, let's do this.
0: All right. Thanks for watching. We're done, Money. We will see hey. you t- Go to our OG channel right
3: now and watch one's episode, please. Like, that's, it's an awesome episode. If, if you're
0: watching us and you haven't watched it, I'm, I'd be surprised. Because I think that the people who are here right now probably have watched it at least once. But, did but if you haven't, down? you're really missing out. Don't you really feel like you've you've been left out now that everybody else has seen this video except for you? Go watch it now. We're done money. <laughs> we'll see you tomorrow.